Blog Talk Radio. Raven Church? You want what? Okay, excellent. Thank you, thank you. I'll move this little guy over here and plug him so we don't have any accidents. All right, we ready? Okay. We're going live here in just a few moments on Periscope and Facebook Live. So we're getting ready to start our this edition of Wednesday's Warriors. I'm excited in the house. Everybody else excited? Yeah. Right. Let's do it. All right, here we are. It's another Wednesday. Yes, yes, we want to thank you for joining us again for this edition of Wednesday Warriors, where we are studying from our favorite book by our favorite author. You already know what I'm going to say. Those of you guys who like to tune in, Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum, written by the one and only Dr. Paula Price. And I'm excited tonight because I actually have some Wednesday I have missed them and having them here and us being all joined together as one uh, with you all there on Periscope and those of you guys who are joining us on Facebook. So I'm happy to have everybody together as one, the whole warrior nation. I want to greet you tonight. Very excited about what we're going to discuss and where we're going. You know, what I love about Dr. Paula Price is that, well, she keeps it interesting, doesn't she? She keeps it interesting. And I want you to know that tonight you're going to be very interested in what we're going to talk about. So make sure you take this opportunity to get your your book, then your journal, and next your coffee, and then a friend. Go share with a friend right now. We want you to go ahead and share on Facebook Live. We want you to go ahead and share on Periscope because tonight... We're going to do a little bit of tree talk, and those of you, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. those of you who had an opportunity to catch this past Sunday broadcast by Dr. Paula Price knows what tree talk is. All right, so you know what tree talk is all about. We had some great conversations. I thought it would be remiss if we didn't just take a pause. Now we're going to talk about Simultaneity in Chapter Seven, but if we didn't take a pause. And just go back and reflect for a moment on what just happened to us on Sunday. (laughs) My God. Some people walk away from a sermon blessed. Others walk away from a sermon impressed. Others walk away from a sermon like us needing rest. (laughs) (laughs) And on the seventh day, he had to rest. We needed rest from Sunday because we were intellectually Scholastically, spiritually, mentally challenged and stretched into another dimension. My God, we literally went before the garden. We didn't stay here on earth. We didn't do our time. We weren't in our time on Sunday. We were in God's time. And we were in, oh, my mama. We were in the continuum. Dr. Price took us all the way through, brought us all the way out, took us around, and we came back again. <laughs> we came back again. So we're going to talk. To, excuse me. We're going to talk tree talk today. 
uh, before we continue our journey in chapter 7 of dealing with the continuum. I think that what she said is a great segue to what is going on in chapter 7. If you have not, if you're joining us for the first time, and you have not gotten your own personal edition of this book, Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum, you need to do so. You need to go to www.drpaulaachrist.com and get your edition. My God, because this journey right here is real. And you need an opportunity to go back and study and highlight and get the dictionary, get the, the thesaurus, go ahead and get the concordance, go ahead and get the Greek and Hebrew lexicon, go ahead and break out some things, okay, so that you can understand what just happened to you in this book. <laughs> All right, it's only $21.99. That is nothing for what you're going to get. A lifetime of change. A lifetime of change for $21.99 www.drpaulaaprice.com. Make sure that you get your edition so you can follow along with us. We are currently, believe it or not, in Chapter 7. And we've been taking some time to talk about some of the pungent things that she has said in this book. In chapter, you see mine, uh, you see mine go all the way through with me. There's highlights, there's notes, there's no lights. Come on in here. There's <laughs> a lot of stuff happening in this book. For me. So we're, we're going to talk about some things on page 109. So she's preparing us, and we're talking a lot about prophecy because she's preparing us for understanding the timing of heaven, the timing change of the earth, how God saves, keeps everything in group. We never ask this question, and this is where we're going to go. Three thoughts first, but this is where we're going to go in chapter 7. We never ask this question, how is it that God can be eternal in eternity and yet keeping us moving in a steady pace in our time. Because if you're not in a time zone and you're operating outside of time, how can you keep everything in time on time and on schedule? <laughs> I just want you guys to see the room. They're looking at me like this too. Okay? It feels like almost like those peak eyes that used to show up when you watch um, uh, Scooby-Doo, how the eyes used to be okay. No Roman's doing that. But think about that before we get into our Chapter 7 discussion when we're talking about synchronicity versus simultaneity, all right? But think about that question. God is operating outside of God, and yet is orchestrating everything in time and keeping everything in time, on time, while not being bound by time himself. We're going to talk about that, all right? So you have to get your friends, you have to get your journals, you have to get your books out, okay, so that you can be prepared to take this journey with us. We're on a journey together, Warrior Nation, and our journey is to be informed so we can be transformed. You realize that you can't be transformed until you are informed. Now, you think about the word informed. What does that say to you when you, break, when you really break it down? Into its phonetical parts. Receiving in information. Receiving in information. What would you else would somebody else say here? When you just think about, let's just think about the phonetical breakdown of this word. In the nose. Okay. 
Let's just think about that for just a moment. We're going somewhere, Facebook Live and Periscope. Hang with me. I'm giving you a chance to share with your friends before we get to the street talk business. Because I'm telling you, you're going to want to share and share and share because Dr. Price took us there. I mean, we talk about seated in heavenly places. You know, most of us can say that in prayer. We don't expect somebody to actually make us go. Okay? You don't mess with Okay, so you, you didn't expect somebody to take you to heaven? No, you just want to be seated there in prayer. And in service and in worship. Is it true, Ms. Clinton? All right. Okay, talk to me about any more. Are there any items that take a shape when you build? Okay, so I want to put that here so that they can see it. All right, I saw another hand up. Two hands went up. What's the other one? Somebody else? Mr. Nessa. I was thinking of the same thing. You were thinking that what we are receiving in is forming us. Like formation is forming us, it's shaping us. It's shaping us, it's forming us. So you're receiving something within to form who you are, okay, with us. What you receive within to form you. We never think about the fact that when people say, oh, that's going to get some information. Right. That what you hear is supposed to be forming something within. What you hear is supposed to be forming something within you. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Christians who don't want to be informed, informed by their salvation, do not want to be shaped from within by what they hear. They don't want to be shaped, sculpted, molded by it. I don't know that deep. I don't even know that. I don't, you know, I just can leave it up to God. I'm, I'm okay, you know. It heaven can just be a mystery. How can a mystery form you? How can a mystery shape you? How can this mystery? Paul said, I will pray until what? Christ be born in you. How is it? He says that we are supposed to take on the likeness and image of God. How can that shape you? How can you be formed and shaped into an image by a mystery? By something that you don't know, you don't understand, and you're ignorant to. How can, what will ignorance form in you? So if you're ignorant, how can you be shaped? How can you be molded? How can you be sculpted? Let this mind be where? In you. In you. Christ where? In you. Everything that Paul said was about Christianity not being without, not an external experience. In Everything about Christianity is inward. For all of our external expressions and outward manifestations, the whole idea was what? That Christ would get A, that eternity would get A. When he said, I will what? Write my law where? Because everything's about what? What's happening within. What you do on the outside is, is in direct correlation to what is being formed in you, what has been formed and shaped in you. You're expressing the product of what is going on within. Oh, y'all with me? Mm-hmm. 
transformed, can transform means what? Motion, move, can move, migrate from one form to another. So we can't be transformed until we are first informed. There has to be something in you to change, to move, yeah. to transfer. Right? This is going back and right up in the tree top, y'all. Y'all with me. So we're talking about that. That the goal of Wednesday Warriors is that you are being informed to be transformed. The whole idea of Dr. Price's revelation is not for you to know amazing things. It's certainly not going to always make you run around the room, although you may pass out. <laughs> that can happen. Okay? Although you can pass out. But the goal is that you would be changed, that the form in you would change from what you're hearing. That the information that you're hearing on the outside will change the form of who you are on the inside. What? Parable of the seed and the sower. So we went out and sowed the word. Mm-hmm. See, something was sown in us in the garden. Mm. He said about the wheat and tares when he kicked off that parable. What did he say? The first thing he says is what? I sow. And then what happened? The devil sowed on top of me. There was a force that already existed that he altered. Because when you're dealing with D, we're dealing with what, Marie? The breakdown of something. Breaking something down from its original state. So when we're dealing with DE, we're dealing with the breakdown. So he literally broke down the existing or the original form. Death broke the original form of life. It caused it to mutate and take on a, not an eternal existence, not an immortal existence, a sub-existence. Why do I say sub-existence? Because it's, it's being what? Held together by what? Something else. Something else. It's sustaining on something else. You're not living on any self-regenerative thing. See, when you get back into your eternal space, see, that's what the enemy is in Okay? But when you get back into your eternal state, if we go back into the original form, the original form was what? Oh, I can have that. You know what? Can someone get it? Thank you. Let's pray and then give me a call. Okay, you don't know how I want I can't even think without the whiteboard. And I want to know I'm driving the producers crazy. I'm going to have to get another set of wheels in this place for them. <laughs> you know, I'm doing it all around the world. Okay, so let's go back. The original form, when we were made in heaven, was what? Let's go here. Can you follow me here? Let's go here. Eternal life. So the original form was never-ending, self-regenerating life, a power that can exist on its own, okay, i.e. self-existent one, okay? God had the power to exist on his own. Oh, y'all with me? So God had the power to exist on his own. Versus what happens under mortality. What happened under mortality? Something existed. We have now have to exist on something else. Because 
we can, we don't have the power to exist on our own or to reproduce, replicate, or extend our own life. And we certainly can't hardly pass it on. Because Adam, what do you say? Adam passed on death. Yes, come on. Hey, yes, here's my assistant. Everybody welcome Prophet Ashley. This is Van Ashley. She was Van Ashley. Before we started doing the slide, we had Van Ashley, who has always helped me with the whiteboard. You know, I'm excited because I miss, you know, I didn't know I miss my cried of my life yet. Cried of my whiteboard, y'all. I was having some moments. Because this is the way I enjoy to do the class. I like to break down these thoughts. I like for us to work through these concepts because what Dr. Price is teaching us is so dead that you can't run through that information and fully be changed by it. You can't be transformed. You can't change forms if you don't know what the other form is that you're becoming, if you don't understand it. Most people can't change in Christianity because they don't know really what we are becoming. They don't know what the outcome of this thing is really supposed to be. So they'll have their rituals, they'll have their, okay, all of their routines and practices and still not ever change form because they don't know what the other form is. If you're, we're talking about going from one form to another. You have to know what the other form is that you are becoming if you are going to make a change. Amen. John said, we know not yet what we shall be, but when he appears, what we going to be? Just like him. Now of transfiguration. Mm. Just think about that for a moment. The now of transfiguration. Going from one form to another form. Do you think your salvation is going from one church to another church? Going from one denomination to another denomination? Trying to find out the right doctrine that you need to have. Trying to find out the right rituals, the right practices, the right, uh, uh, all of the right, uh, uh, what you call it, images and carvings and trappings. We think that all of that is what we're trying to do. So we'll change churches, we'll change prayer lines, we'll change leaders, we'll change covenants, but the whole goal is that you change your form. You're changing from one form to another. Not one religion to another. Not one doctrine or belief system to another. God's trying to get you to change your form. The enemy was going after Adam's form. Mm-hmm. He wanted to change his form into his own image and likeness. Come on. Yes. Yes. We didn't pay attention to that fact, right? Mm-hmm. Because when we say in Genesis 126, what is it? Let us make man and what? Our image. Mm-hmm. And what didn't Satan have anything in his image? Because mm-hmm. everything was made after, made after the image of who? According to Colossians 1. Who was it made after? Jesus Christ. He said Jesus Christ was the image of the invisible God. So then everybody was looking like him. Everything that came out of God was reflecting this. He was having a problem. What is he getting? Uh, 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 what, what is this about him getting creatures? What, what is this? What is this? So once Adam became, I'm sorry, first Eve, and then Adam became informed they could be transformed. Once Adam was, Eve was first informed that she informed her husband, she changed his form from the command he got, from the image he got. So once he was informed, then all of a sudden they could be transformed into the image of the other God. Okay. The one of it. 
the hireling, or as I said this week in the war plan, the pastor. So they went from made in the image of the creator to the image of their pastor. Wow. Y'all with me? See, that's why you have to be informed first. Be ye transformed by what? The renewing. Bringing back the mind that was when? Before time began. The mind and all this purposes. He said, let this mind be in you that was of Christ. We don't have the mind of Christ because we never lived Christ's life before the garden. We were not under his authority. We were not under his dominion. We were not under his government. What do we know about how this man thinks? We have no knowledge. That's why we have to first be informed before we can be transformed into who he is. Mm-hmm. Y'all with me? Yeah. It's not about changing your what? Church, Church, your religion, your denomination, your doctrine. This is about changing your form, changing the very nature of who you are. Mm-hmm. He was going after Adam's nature. Mm-hmm. He wasn't going after just a sacrifice. He wasn't going after having somebody in the audience to hear him speak. Right. Yeah. He was going after his nature. Because Dr. Price didn't say this, but this is walking into our territory. Hope y'all are right. Is it okay if we go this way today, Periscope? Be okay? Y'all are right today? Come on and share. I know we're not doing the hype, but we're doing the class. <laughs> we're doing the class. Is that okay if we do a little bit of class tonight? Thanks for going to share this. Come on, because y'all have people out here who can't answer these basic questions. Because we got people still thinking that if they shut up the gospel and tear up the Bible, they somehow can stop Christianity. We still have people thinking that Christianity's power comes from the approval of mankind. We still think that people's belief and disbelief in God is why he exists. Oh, okay. Just like you will tell somebody in a heartbeat, I don't care if you don't believe in me, I believe in myself. And you do things because you believe in yourself. That's why the Bible can say that God moved by the counsel of his own will. Because he believed in himself. He did all of this because he believed in his ability. He believed in his vision. He believed in what he wanted to accomplish and what he wanted to achieve. He didn't do this based on you. Why you would get a sinner, Christ died. So when you were making up your mind that there'd be a God, God was moving as God to make the earth what he wanted it to be. He was the person you can believe and you can conceive and you can achieve it. <laughs> that was the, he was the author of that. Oh, y'all all right? He was the author of that. Oh, y'all okay to that? I don't know. Y'all doing it too soon. It's too soon. But God believed in himself. He believed in himself. And he was insisting on his own faith first. Oh, come on. Before he could disseminate it throughout creation. Because if God, lacks, if God has one identity crisis for 15 seconds, we in trouble. Right. When did Job say, this man sucked back his whole breath, okay? All mankind was perish as one. So understand something. That God was doing this on his own accord. Y'all all right in the house? All right. So we're talking about being informed so we can be transformed. 
Because that's what before the garden is trying to do. Give you the right information and tell you where this thing is going. And what you're changing into. What you're being prepared for. Okay, because when you go to heaven, you ain't, ain't going to be like we just going to be doing Bible study. See, they are living the scriptures. They are the product of this word. They're the catalyst and the product of this word. Is that okay to say? So we're talking about that today. So we're dealing with Jesus Christ, and let this mind be in you. All right? Come on, because you know we have to let this mind. Yes, come on. We got to. All right, you coming back to us. So come on and stay with me. Hang with me through the process. Yes, you can. Hang with me through the process. Because we're talking about before the garden. Now, Dr. Price said some powerful things on Sunday that I just didn't want to skip because it was just like we got a whole revelation of the revelation. Okay, because before the garden itself is already a revelation that most of what you're living in your Christian walk predates you. And that your faith has a pre-existence. It didn't start here with you. It didn't start here with men. It didn't even start with the bank. This thing has a pre-existence. Oh, come on in here. We've been taught that, that this thing starts with the bank. All right, so we're talking about before the garden. Now, see, we talked about needing to be informed. Now, I'm going to break some things down for you today. Y'all can hang with me just from that subject. First of all, y'all were dead on Sunday. Y'all back. Hashtag flatline. Hashtag flatline. So we're just taking a moment because of how rich she did and she made so many great connections for this thing. Y'all still hanging with me? Facebook, you still hanging up? Y'all got your notebooks out? Get your journals out. It's all right. All right? And so we can talk about what is going on before the garden. I love that fact. Uh, I want to get some quotes from you all first. Is that okay? So, talk to me about something from Sunday. I, you know, this I rarely do this on Wednesday, but this is fun for us to do today. Okay? Because she just went so many places that we just got to come on in the place. Is that all right? All right. So, come on, Facebook. And y'all get your notes out. Those of you guys who heard it, if you didn't hear, you're about to get a load full right now. Okay. Marie, what's up with your favorite quote? I'm going to go off the top of my head because my notes are my laptop. Okay. I understand. But um, I did like how she uh, connected organic Christianity with organs. Yes, of course, my scientist would love that. Yes, And the uh, origination and purpose of organs. Okay. Very Very good. So you like the organ, organic piece. All right. What what else? What do you have? What did you like? I love you can't be tempted by what you don't have an appetite for. You cannot be tempted by what you don't have an appetite for. So before, in our garden scenario, talking about going after your form, talking about why you need to be informed before you can be transformed, let me tell you something. That whole garden experience started with what? They weren't tempted by that tree. What the, what the enemy had to do first was make the tree what? Appealing. So we have to start with appealing. Okay? Because the first step to deception is you've got to be seduced. So the first step is that you have to be seduced in order for temptation to work. So he began to seduce her. Now she talked this through. How did he begin the process of seduction? 
he get them to the place of deception? Why did he begin the process of seducing Eve? Okay, the will. Very good. But before the will was engaged, because the will doesn't get engaged until we get into deception. But this How did he begin the process of seducing Eve? She talked about the process that he went through. When questioning what God actually said. Questioning what God actually said, and what else? Mr. Because he seduced her by making them believe that, uh, okay, that all of this other stuff happened. A whole other scenario happened before their existence. Okay? What was appealing was his knowledge and wisdom. He had a pre-knowledge. A pre-knowledge. Him sharing what happened to him before the garden. His former life. What they didn't know about where they came from. Because remember, they only spent one day in God. The Sabbath day. So if they only spent one day in God, they don't know all the ins and outs of what went down in heaven. In the world that they were born in. So he's giving them the pre-knowledge, his version, of course, of the, okay, his pre-knowledge and wisdom. Because why did she eat the fruit in the end? Because it looked good for making one. So he seduced her with knowledge. Why do you think, why do you think Paul says, let no one teach you with vain philosophy? Right. Because the first thing that will take you out is knowledge. What you know. What did he say? Casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against what? Your knowledge of God. They did not have an argument. Because they were not informed. They were commanded. But they were not informed. They were commanded. But they were not informed. Oh, y'all with me? Yes. All right, come on and invite some friends. Y'all know he's not to go in the garden. Okay? Yeah. We in it. So he began to seduce her with all the things that they did not know about the world that they came from and the world that was governing this one and the world that God was coming back and forth from to visit them in their garden. All right? So now I'm interested. When you become interested is when the object that's in front of you becomes a temptation. Right. Well, because if you eat this fruit, you'll know more. You'll know everything God knows. Because it's a tree of what? Knowledge. Knowledge. No see. This thing began with knowledge. A thirst and understanding for having more knowledge because they didn't know. So now she's tempted. Because temptation means, I want this. It builds desire. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want it. Because that's when your will gets engaged. Mm -hmm. Your will gets engaged with when your desires become set for something. Once you begin to desire something, it's your will's job to get that for you. Right. Your emotions arouse and your will goes out to achieve. So once your emotions and passions get aroused, your will goes into 
the next is here to talk about her theological classes, sharing the same information that when we first, when we were talking about Genesis 1 2, that the earth was without form or void, that it was just a blob, that nothing was here, there was no action, there was no animation, there was, it was completely lifeless. <laughs> no, darkness was ruling on the deep. Mm-hmm. So it was chaos, destruction, which will not allow for form. So there was nothing. So when you think about a nation that is plunged into darkness, it's about form and void. Think about that. So it doesn't have government. It doesn't have order. There is nothing there. There's nothing there that can generate life, that can help life live, that can bring the structure of life. So what's happening? The Holy Spirit is doing what now? He is brooding. What did you say about the word brooding? Breathing. 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 So what is the Holy Spirit breathing that wasn't there in the darkness? Life. Life and life. So the Holy Spirit is breathing life into the darkness because they had all everything else was going on here. But light and life. Go ahead. So when he turned on the light, mm-hmm. did everything else get? He's telling you. He's telling you why. He had to say, "Let there be. Let there be light." And there was light. Darkness was on the face of the deep. That is why he had to say, "Let there be light. Light first, and then the Holy Spirit can breathe. Can breathe." Think about that for just two seconds. Because only not about two more. But um, <laughs> yes, please. Exactly. He separates the light from the dark. Going back to Prophet Ashi's question. He separates them. Y'all thinking about that? Yes, Prophet Adia. <laughs> I got a question that I'm going to frame because it, I think it'll, it'll, it'll require three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> reserve that question. Reserve that question because that's important. So, Earth was a prison. It was a prison that there were all of them were were all over the deep and darkness. Then when the light came, I'd imagine some scattering probably did happen. But he separates them, separates the light from the darkness. And she said almost how he did it. What? What'd you say? I was gonna say she said how he did it. The separation from the light and the darkness was he put all of the darkness in what? The tree. Right there. Okay? So all of the darkness went into the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That was bound for being guarded. The warden, or well, actually the, 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 the jailer, more so. The jailer in the tree was that person. He was guarding that tree. All around that tree. Because that was his, his thing. Yes, Prophet Adia. Everything was bound in that tree. Okay. With, right. Everything was shut up in the tree. So he gathered all of the forces and powers of darkness. He separated them. Okay. Tree of now, it's good evil in that tree of light. He separates the light from the dark. So once Adam left, was driven out of the tree, it all broke loose. Yes. 
get to the note, yes, and we'll get to those stuff because the, one of the major reasons why he had to do that was to purge the ecology from demonic genetics. But we'll talk about demonic genetics at a later date. But he had to purge that from the demonic genetics, and that was very important to know. Very good observation, though, and connection, though. Yes, because Tamir is going with the Yes, why he had to have the cherubims with the flaming sword. So, because they had to have guardians. Now, remember... Here is what I want to end on tonight, and we'll get back to this because you see how we're going with it. We could be here for another hour. It, uh, you know my white boy, I, I love it. They're laughing at me, y'all. Periscope, they're laughing at Facebook, but you know I'm in love with my life, right? Okay, my white boy. <laughs> All right, but the reality is this. When God gave the commandment to Adam, what was it? Okay, and I'll just do this so we can see just a little bit of it. Okay. Uh, what was the commandment that he gave? He said, come on, be fruitful. We're going to hold the side. And what else is going to do? We're going to have to
reverse this order. So I know that you took illegal seizure of the planet from humanity because they were, they were ignorant, but I'm about to return them. I'm about to give them not only their will back, but something that they didn't have the ability to, to do in the beginning, and that is power over you. So what, does, what do we now get an opportunity to do that the last Adam, it was always our responsibility to, to, take, uh, to make the devil subject to us. So what does Jesus come and say? These signs shall follow all those that believe. You will tread upon scorpions. You will cast out devils. Whatever you bind them loose. He gave us the power and authority to be the wardens again over this world. But now he's doing it to his own sons and daughters, his own genetic line, because the genes of Adam were corrupt. So now the Christ genes, the last Adam genes, the genetics of him are now giving us our place and roll back. He reinstituted our subdue, multiply, have dominion responsibility. So he just went back to where we were. No, we're going back. Okay. We're going to reinstitute that because I gave the planet to this species. Now y'all going to get in here and do that. So as the high priest, as the kings, oh, come on here, as the offspring of the Godhead, it is our job now to put the tree back in its place. So instead of us dealing with what, that Adam only had to guard it and keep them from being unleashed. So what did the enemy do? He seduced his wife, got, okay, used that as a door of the temptation to come out of his prison and take over the planet. So now what do we have the ability to do? Bind the devil. Oh, come on, y'all hear me. Cast him into the abyss. Send him into dry places and all the stuff that we do in prayer because now we are the wardens again, the last Adam. Come on, and he can't die. The last Adam we started the process again of first of what? Being fruitful. Oh, come on, was he fruitful? And he's multiplying. I'm taking the whole globe. See, see, come on, Matthew 28 is about the multiply piece. I'm a first be fruitful. I'm a first give birth. I'm a first come on reproduce after myself. And then I'm a be come on, I'm a multiply. And then when it's all over, my crew, the last Adam, the final species will have dominion over this thing. Yeah. Ah, come on. Was that worth it? Yeah. And that's just why we'll talk about the other later. But come on and hear about what are you being changed into? the last Adam. See, we're not going back to the garden. We're going back to God's original plan, which existed before the garden. That's why he didn't give the garden a whole lot of information. He didn't have a whole lot of confidence, obviously, and their abilities. He said that's why the serpent had to be cunning, because he had to deceive Adam out of his authority. It's almost like the person who, you know, you, you ever see those in things in the movies where they kidnap somebody and they go for the weakest vessel and say, come on, you don't want to do this. Why don't you just let me out? Why don't you just let me go? I promise I won't, I won't say anything. You know, I won't let them kill you. I'll put in a good word. Whatever. They go after whoever the weakest person in the room is to let them out. And the whole goal of the garden was would Adam make the enemy subject or would he let him go? And he let him out. His job was to keep him bound up in the earth. Because, see, we kept thinking this thing was God's fault. God put the tree and serpent in here to deceive us. 
No. He didn't put the tree in the garden to deceive you. He put the tree in the garden for you to have dominion over. To keep the forces of darkness from ruling you. See, we botched this thing up. And you know what? We're botching it up today by not taking our authority, by abdicating our authority. But we don't want to judge. We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. We don't want to be illegalistic. So now darkness is on the face of the deep. And the church is becoming without form and void. Because we don't want to take our place. We don't want to keep locked up the enemy. Make him subject to our authority, which was rightfully ours from the beginning. You're not doing anything illegal. You're finally assuming your inheritance. And on that note, we're going to call it right there. Praise God in the house. I hope y'all enjoyed that. Share, share, share this because we got to get the church back into its place of power and dominion mindset. We cannot be the first Adam. We've got to kill the doctrine and the gospel and the seduction of come on of the first Adam. Well, ain't nobody perfect and we're only human and we can't do it. That is all doctrines of devil. It's the same doctrine that made Eve eat the first time, believing she couldn't do it. Come on. He made her feel like she was weak without him. She couldn't make it. It was impossible. She brought it to the impossibility of who she already was. And y'all come on in the place. The enemy is going to always make you feel like God's way is impossible because that's the only way he keeps your authority over you. He's exercising your own authority over you. That's the only way he can do it. It's by making you buy into your human weakness. Oh, come on. Your human weakness. But God says in Christ, we are new creatures. And Adam, all died. But you have to decide if you're going to be in Christ and preach and live his gospel or you're going to be dead in Adam and preach and live his gospel. But that's a decision for you all to make. What kind of Christian you going to be? You want to be in a hologram in the night? Or you want to be Christ in the light? You have got to make that decision. Because I'm telling you, we got to stop preaching that gospel. That's a lying gospel. Y'all going to hear me say it every week. That is a lying gospel. It's a doctrine of a devil, the same devil that got them out of the tree and now getting you out of your own inheritance in Jesus Christ. You can't do it. It's too hard. Ain't nobody doing it. Somebody did it. Dang it, Paul died for it. Peter was crucified for it. Somebody did the gospel. On that note, God, we thank you so much. So I want to give you an opportunity to sow because we're being we're, we're informed to be transformed. These are seeds of transformation. This is about changing your form. Come on. This is about changing who you are. You're sowing into a change. You're sowing into a transformation. We're not just sowing into things in this world. 
Come on here. God says he's not mocked whatever you sow. So if you're sowing into your incorruptibility, then you will reap what? Incorruptibility. Whatever you sow into is what you will reap. Sow into your change. Sow into your transformation. Sow into the image and likeness of who you are. Sow into your dominion. Mm, I don't think anybody heard that. But you can sow into your dominion. Because let me tell you something. Once you get to the place of having dominion, ain't nothing in this world going to be too hard for you. Let's think about that. Is that all right to say? Nothing in this world will be too hard for you. www.tallerprice.com. Let everybody get a C in your hand because we're going to release some things today because it is time for us to resume our authority. It's not about the cash. It's about the act of faith of saying, God, I believe you. I believe this is true. I believe your word, and I want to be a partaker of it. I want this in my life. I want to bear the fruit of this in my everyday existence, www.tallerprice.com. Because, see, we don't sow into just carnal things. Why? They're going to they fade away. But we're storing up something, that, okay, treasures in heaven where the moth can't get it, where somebody's weak doctrine and carnal spray can't take you out. See, we want to sow a seed for theirs. Because, see, I want my incorruptible bank to be there. So when I'm facing the moment of impossibility, when I'm facing things that are producing doubt and fear in my life, come on, I will reap what I sowed, which was faith. I will reap what I sowed, which was power. I will reap what I sowed, which was dominion. I will reap what I sowed, which was strength. Oh, come on in here. This ain't about the cash on earth. This is about letting heaven know. I believe in you. He says, where your treasure is, there's your heart. So if your heart is in this word, your treasure will follow that. And let God know, I'm sowing into that because I need that in my life. I can have 16 cars and still die of a disease. Come on in here. I can have 21 houses and still not get a breakthrough in my own soul. www.tallerprice.com. Let's sow a seed there. And you guys can sow there in here as well, okay? You can go right online and sow the seed, and I bless your seed. Every Tamir is a witness. I don't just take it casually. I don't think that the exchange should be that shallow. I just don't believe in that. I don't believe in empty things. I don't believe in futility, vain actions and rituals. To me, tithing is not a ritual. It is an exchange. It's a transaction between me and heaven. It is reinforcing my covenant. He's invisible. I am visible. And this is my visible action to honor my invisible covenant with God. And let me tell you something. He shows up every time and shows up in ways that you don't even plan on. Okay? Talking about I'm too scared to go after this job interview, and then here comes courage. See, oh, come, money can't buy that. Money can't buy God's ability to give you the courage to step out on the dream that you've been holding back on for years. Money can't buy that. There's not enough tithing in the world to release that to you. Only your faith and your, come on, God, your works, come on. Your faith is known by your works. And so you're not sowing into a void. And I hate that when people say, well, you're sowing it to some preacher. No, you ain't sowing it to me. Melchizedek gets your tithe. I can't do nothing with your money. I can't give you nowhere near the return. Now, I can agree with you today in prayer that you need to come out of the spirit of fear and do what God has told you to do. Get that business off the ground. Stop sitting on the sidelines. Stop waiting for somebody else to come do it. Stop thinking an angel and a bird is going to pick up the slack. But have the faith and the courage in Jesus Christ to make it happen. See, I can agree with you in prayer. 
but your seed is moving heaven. Heaven runs on sacrifice. Heaven runs on seed. Heaven runs on sowing. It doesn't run on that. I can't do anything with it. I bless God for it. I pray over it. My God and Lord knows it helps us, you know, keep an equipment going. We brought a camera or two so we can help our situation. But my God, the, with the return that you really need and that you're really releasing right now, that's coming from God. And I'm just an agent because, well, he's invisible, and, well, how else would you know? Amen? www.tolerfrights.com. Let's pray out. Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you for the dominion. I'm releasing today on everybody who sowed into this and those who are even, Father God, sowing by being diligent in this journey, faithful to come on every Wednesday, staying in the process, staying in the fight, even though it doesn't all make sense, even though it's new revelation, even though it's not clicking yet. But all of the people I'm releasing, Father God, this new anointing, I release the fresh wind of this doctrine to go out and visit you. You said what we preach is what we reap, God. So I thank you right now that they are going to reap the harvest of this doctrine. I'm expecting not only, Father God, manifestations and performances, God, but I'm expecting signs and wonders to show up in their lives. Signatures, you said these signs will follow those that believe, and because they're choosing to believe your word, they're choosing to believe the organic truth of your scriptures, they're choosing to accept you as you are. God, I thank you right now for showing up in their lives in a magnificent way, in an evidentiary way. I thank you, God, for the markers of the new creation beginning to develop and come forth in them. I call up your new creation spirit. I call up your new creation markers. I call up the power of the last Adam in your soul and spirit to, to give you not only the understanding but to give you the ability to subdue, to multiply and to have dominion to subdue, to multiply and to have dominion, to subdue your fear, to subdue your doubt to subdue your unbelief, to subdue the things that are trying to take you out every sickness, every disease every character flaw, every bondage, every addiction to give you the ability to subdue it and to put that serpent where he belongs in your life, to bring him back under subjection. In the name of Jesus Christ, I release now the ability for you to multiply for the little bit of grain of mustard seed of hope and faith and strength that you have right now to multiply and increase in your life, increase in your home, increase in your church, increase in your ministry, increase in your economy, increase in your job, increase in your children, increase in your legacy, increase in your your destiny and even your prosperity today are right now released multiplication upon you in the name of Jesus Christ. Multiply, 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 multiply in the name of Jesus. And God, lastly, the dominion, the ability to keep that which God has entrusted to you, for you to keep it, sustain it, and perpetuate it. That of all that God gives you today, that you would lose nothing that you would lose nothing, that you would lose nothing, not an ounce of hope, not an ounce of grace, not even a prayer time, those that have been attacking your sleep by these devils, that you ain't going to lose an ounce of sleep, we put a moratorium on that, right now in Jesus' name, nightmares, we shut them down in Jesus' name, visitations, even on your children, we shut them down right now in Jesus' name, you don't have dominion, this is not your habitation, we remind you of what the last Adam proved, and what he secured.
person that was watching today on your monies and on your ministries. Starving ministries. We shut it down today. Multiplication. Fruitful. Multiply. Fruitful. Multiply. These are lying signs and wonders that Jesus Christ is going out like that. He's not a loser. He's not second. He's not going to share. He is the number one God. And right now, he's ready to flex his muscles if you are ready to take your place. Jesus Christ is ready to flex his muscles if you are ready to take your place. But you have to be in your place. You can't be flirting with disaster. Be in your place this week, says God. I'm ready to move, but you be in your place. Amen? God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you next time for the next edition of Wednesday Warriors. Amen?